You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 81. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado, Roro. How are you, Roro? I'm doing pretty great. Not bad, not bad. Sweet deal. Uh, Roro, I want to thank you, and I want to also thank Iso Christian on Twitter. Uh, if you look him up, make sure you don't use the H, because I made that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> and that's completely not... different person that you probably don't yeah. want to follow. <laughs> completely different person. Uh, so thank you guys for hosting last week, and you guys did an awesome job and knocked it out of the park. I was watching on the way home last week and it was awesome so thank yeah, you guys thank yes and i just want to echo what you said thank you christian for coming on and making it a, a fun time for sure absolutely uh roro thank you to everyone joining us live and participating in the chat just as a reminder we are live each and every wednesday at 8 p.m eastern time on youtube just search podcast pxn and you will find us on there as well as twitch.tv slash podcast pxn as well uh we did start doing periscope a couple weeks ago but we talked about this that uh apparently periscope is shutting down so uh but it's still working right now so i don't know yeah i i'm just not gonna mention it anymore but we're gonna keep doing it as long as it works um Yeah, okay. that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> Roro, the topic of the show this week is the crazy news that MLB The Show 21 is coming to Game Pass. But first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week. So let's go ahead and jump right in. The first item on the PXN News of the Week is Elder Scrolls Online is getting a console-enhanced edition that has been announced for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S and X that is releasing on June 8th. Roro, have you, uh, just to kind of start this out, have you uh, played Elder Scrolls Online yet, or have you had the chance to check it out? No. No. I have not. Um, None of the Skyrim sort of like series elder scrolls oblivion all that stuff i have not uh touched at all despite it being on pretty much everything in existence <laughs> i have not touched uh those games yet um but yeah this is obviously good news for fans that do play elder scrolls online uh do you, have you played it before so i played a very brief amount of it when mm-hmm. it first came out and it was still like very light on content um but like with all the stuff that they've added over the years i really kind of want to go back and give it another try because i feel like i feel like elder scrolls online is kind of doing what fallout 76 failed to do because a lot of people have said good things about elder scrolls online so i really do want to check this out um when this ends up coming out and obviously i'm sure this will come to game pass as well uh so yeah i am totally on board with this and they're even saying that it cuts the load times down uh, by half on average, uh, adds 60 frames per second performance mode, which is great, uh, increases the draw distance by nearly double, and, and a bunch of other stuff as well. But uh, yeah, this this definitely seems like a big upgrade for next-gen owners, so it definitely feels like a very good time to kind of jump back into this with all the content there. Um, I'm sure you... 
you will probably be interested to check this out when you get a PlayStation yeah. Five or Absolutely. Xbox Series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever that is. Yeah, Xbox Series S's are starting to become a little bit easier to find, at least in my area. But PS Five just still still very hard to 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 snag. Yeah. Um. Yes, I agree. I was yelling at a dog while you were talking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's. Yes. Uh. Hopefully things get a little bit less crazy in that regard. Um, the next news story we have Resident Evil Village uh, had PS4 Pro gameplay footage shown off after previously only being announced for next gen consoles PlayStation 5 and Series S and X so I thought this was interesting because uh, I thought that uh, Village was actually going to be a next gen only game but then they give us this footage and uh, I think a lot of people were surprised by it but it's Honestly, it's not that surprising considering uh, that the fact that obviously the consoles are still so hard to get right now that they're not going to want to put like a big Resident Evil game out for just such a small portion of people. They want to get this out in the hands of as many people as possible and get as many sales as possible. Um, so I feel like it's very smart for them to do this. Um, obviously there's going to be people that say, Oh, or is it holding them back or whatever? But it's, I, I don't, I, I just don't think it will um, because yeah. they're, they made this with next gen in mind and then they're basically porting it back to the previous gen. So what, what were your thoughts on, on this? Um, yeah, I, I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't too surprised when I did see the, the news that it's coming to PS4 as well. Uh, just like you said, lots of people over there that would love to play this. So um, I think this is great. I don't think it looks uh, it looks great. It looks like a PS4 Pro game. Um, love the RE engine. It does fantastic stuff for that console. So it looks good. Um, and yeah, I, I'm again, I've said this many times before, but I am a scaredy cat. May not pick this up, <laughs> but what I saw did look really, really good. So it's it's good to know that I'll be able to play it if I so choose to because I don't have a PS5 yet. So yeah, I'm I'm all for this for sure. Yes, agreed, agreed, agreed. And it's so funny because you always talk about how you're a scaredy cat of uh, yeah. of scary games, but like I'm a huge scaredy cat when it comes to like scary movies. But yet, I love scary games. It's so weird. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah you would think that I would be like uh, afraid of both, but like, I I love scary games. Like, it's so weird. I don't know. Uh, I need to give them more of a of a chance because I I played a couple of scary games, like Layers of Fear, um, Little Nightmares is another one. Kind of like dipping my toes in them little by little. So I, I do want to give Resident Evil franchise a chance for sure because. I've heard great things yeah and it also depends on which one you play too because like homefront the revolution that no one knew about so yeah this had a, <laughs> this came out over the weekend uh because for easter sunday a lot of game developers were chiming in on twitter on uh easter eggs that they had in their games that hadn't been found yet uh or like their most pr proud uh easter egg that they put in the game and mm -hmm. Yeah, somebody from uh, Crytek uh, UK, which is the Time Splitters developer. Well, they were they used to be um, 
Free Radical, I think. Uh, that was their old name, and then they changed to Crytek UK. But anyways, uh, they uh, they hid this inside Homefront the Revolution when they made that game. But yet the person who hid it has lost the code oh, no. to unlock <laughs> this 4K port of Time Splitters 2. Like, no, don't <laughs> tell us this. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I don't know about you, but I am a huge fan of Time Splitters, and I want that series to come back. And this dude telling us that Time Splitters <laughs> 2 got a 4K port inside Homefront and he can't even give it to us. Don't even tell us about oh, it if yeah. you can't get to it. Ugh. Oh my god! Ugh. Yeah, that that's a bummer. That really sucks. <laughs> um, obviously, it's super cool, but just like like you said, if you if you don't know where it is now, I was better not knowing. You yes. know, like now, yeah, now it's just it's it's more sad news than than cool. Yeah. Now that it's been lost, but um. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's a bummer for sure. I haven't played Time Splitters, but I I remember us doing a story similar to this where it was being rumored in a in a different game. Like they had they found something, and I, I maybe it wasn't Time Splitters, but I, I feel like it it might have been yeah. that there were hints at at, an, at another game in the series. Um, so I know there's a lot of people like you who would love that. So I'm sure this was met with a <gasps> and then a <sighs> shortly after finding out that. The code was lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> it's just painful to think about that. It's just of course the dog found the one squeaking toy that's on left on the floor. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. The funny thing about this is I I considered home getting Homefront the Revolution because I liked the first Homefront game, but I ended up not getting it because it got kind of, you know, average to poor yeah. reviews. And, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and the the funny thing is, is if this port would have, like, if we would have got the code for this port and known that this port was in the game, I would have bought Homefront just for this port because yeah. I love Time Splitters wow. so much. But, yeah, yeah. it's quite unfortunate. Um, but anyways, Roro, moving on, we have new Mass Effect Legendary Edition details that uh, we got, which I was not really... <sighs> I wasn't clamoring for more details because I feel like we've gotten more details every month, but like they keep putting more details. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> but I just want the game to come out <laughs> at this point. But they also gave us a video comparison as well, showing the original and then the uh, legendary edition of Mass Effect 1. So uh, some of the new details, Mass Effect 1's combat has been fine-tuned, including accuracy, uh, aim down sights, uh, rebalanced abilities and more there's additional changes to encounters enemies and more the mako which is that driving vehicle that's uh famously like really bad to control uh that is getting uh a lot smoother with faster shields and speed boosts um and then they have comparisons of the original to the new one um it is kind of fascinating because some people some people were kind of, uh, I guess, hesitant about uh, the new look of the lighting on the new game, um, which I do agree to an extent. Um, comparing the two shepherds, they compare the two shepherds on one of the images, and like the original has like really uh, dark shadows and really light faces, um, whereas the new one is kind of just like all glowing. Um, so 
I don't know what that will look like when we finally get our hands on it. It's a little different, like when you actually see it, like in front of you, uh, instead of just seeing like images. But I don't know if that's a concern of mine or not. But I think overall it's looking very good, and I'm glad to see them making gameplay changes like this um, to a game that definitely needed it, the original. Uh, yeah. So, did you see the uh, comparisons on uh, on this? I did, and uh, like you, I, I I wasn't too blown away by the visuals. I should say I'm I'm a person that would like play the original and be just fine with playing the original. The things that I'm more excited for are the changes that you mentioned, like the Mako uh, changes and just gameplay being more fluid. Because what I've heard, the story is fantastic in Mass Effect One, but the gameplay is a little bit dated compared to its own sequels, even. So those changes are what I'm excited for, but. Yeah, the visuals are, they, they kind of look, like you said, they look like the game, but a little bit brighter. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some areas that I can tell that it's it's an up an up-res and it looks better. But for the most part, I'm just like, eh, it's, it, it looks okay, I guess. Uh, and again, it's a remaster. It's not a remake or anything like that. So I, I understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm more excited for the gameplay changes that they have made uh, because again, I right now it's EA Play is now on Game Pass, so I could totally start playing these games for for free right now instead of getting this. But it's those changes that are keeping me from from diving in right now. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's the biggest thing. Like the original Mass Effect's gameplay updates are the biggest part of this, because like you said, you you can just play Mass Effect Two and Mass Effect Three on EA Play for for no extra charge. And those games hold up really well for, for the most part. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be a modern 2021 game, but it, it definitely holds up compared to the first game. So that is a great point that people could just do EA play and play that way. But um, Roro, Phil Spencer has been on Twitter. He pulled a little a bit of a Elon Musk. I thought you were going to say Phil Spencer's in the chat, right? <laughs> I'm like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> I thought that's what you said. I thought oh, that's what you were going to say. Oh, no, no, no. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought you knew something. I was like, what the no, heck? No, no. Phil Spencer's on our, on our podcast? Okay. No, all right. Hopefully something. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Uh, no, Phil Spencer uh, <laughs> pulled a uh, Elon Musk. Like Elon Musk likes to do this a lot of times on Twitter where he'll just respond to uh, a random question and give new details that we never you know heard about or whatever phil spencer says that xbox cloud streaming is coming to ios very soon so apparently they they've been working on this for a long time uh working on the browser-based solution for um the cloud streaming uh so that you can play either on windows in the in the uh, browser or you can play on ios and on your browser as well uh to kind of circumvent the whole apple store restrictions that they are doing on the app store so um but i think this is good news uh obviously for cloud streaming and for game pass because it's obviously going to unlock this uh gigantic player base that they may not have necessarily had before um and get more subscribers to game pass that they may not have had before because a lot of like Every single person almost in the world has a phone, a smartphone, and 
I'd say probably 70%, if not more, have an iPhone. So uh, this is a huge deal, definitely, to try to broaden Game Pass quite a bit. And as we'll talk about later with our topic of the show, uh, I think this is only good news for Game Pass to continue to get these big AAA games that that we're seeing. Um, so are you going to check this out, Roro, on iOS? Are you ha- Do you have an iPhone or do you have Android? I do have an iPhone, okay. and um, yeah, I definitely do want to check it out when uh, it comes. I, I love Game Pass on PC, but sometimes when like the month rolls around or whenever they're revealing new games, I, I get a little let down. Like, there's definitely some 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 hitters on there, yes. but a lot of the stuff honestly comes to console and strangely enough to cloud. And it's like it, that's where it goes. It goes to the phone and it goes to console. A lot of the games. So I'm excited to get what I'm missing uh, from Game Pass. Uh, with the cloud because there's a lot of games on there that I would like to check out that I, I just haven't been able to because I just have the PC version. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at the news here and they said uh, in December 2020 that xCloud beta on iOS would be coming in spring 2021. Spring 2021 is is now. So soon for sure, hopefully means very soon with, uh, with what Phil Spencer said. So I'm excited to check it out for sure. Yeah, and uh, that original beta th- uh, build that they had for iOS, they had an actual application, but then they had to pull that because Apple didn't let them sell yeah. Game Pass on their store, essentially. So that's why they had to do the browser thing, and it's like, mm-hmm. ugh, yeah, it's kind of sucks, but it is what it is. As long as it works good on, on the browser, um, that'd be, still be okay. Um, but, yeah. Uh, you, you made a really good point, and I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Because I forgot what we were talking about before that. I was going to comment on what you said first. What the crap? It was, I was talking about how cloud gets, or console yes. and cloud get more stuff. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, and the reason for that is because people have to develop a completely different version of the game for Windows mm-hmm. Store as opposed That's to cool. most people release their games on Steam because mm-hmm. um, obviously Steam has millions and millions and millions of people and windows store is just not there right now so yeah that's and that's a great point though that uh x cloud or cloud streaming going to the browser will definitely help that audience because then you can just play whatever on your pc by streaming it which is great as well um and outriders i think is one of those right the yes um it is yeah so yeah cool that was a great point, and I, I my memory just <laughs> failed me there, and I was like, "What? What were we just talking about? What day no, is it?" Yeah. <laughs> Where am I? Yeah. Uh, moving on, Roro. A new report has found a robustly verified link between loot boxes and problematic gambling. This was a interesting one for sure. Uh, loot boxes have been such a thing of controversy ever since they were kind of brought into the gaming industry and people often compared them to gambling like from the get-go so i i don't think that's anything you know new but uh it is interesting that there's now reports coming out like a, a this is essentially saying like a, a a guaranteed link to one another which is fascinating to me that that essentially they're saying if you do loot boxes, it could lead you into like problematic gambling, which is. Oof. It 
Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, like you're saying, it's been in like the, the the spotlight ever since it's been introduced. Like I remember when Overwatch happened, it was kind of a big talking point then too. And ever since then, it's been in like they've been brought to court. Some games have been like, you can't you can't do this in like games rated E. That's not that's not good. And to an extent, I, I understand that. Like having kids exposed to stuff like that in a game that is rated E for E when gambling and casinos are, you're not allowed anywhere near that. Um, so I, I do understand that um, I I would be fine with loot boxes disappearing. I don't really have a stake in the game at all. Um, I do enjoy opening up a loot box. I, I don't usually pay for them, but like when I level up in, in Overwatch, I, I, love, I do love that feeling. And maybe that is the problem, that <laughs> I, I like it so much that maybe I shouldn't be playing games like that because it could lead to problematic gambling and what they're saying here. So at least put it in games that are rated appropriately or put it on the box and stuff like that. But yeah, that's a, a robustly verified link is, uh, you know, very, <laughs> very telling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and yeah, and like you said, for many of these games to be catered towards children, obviously they have a... They have a more easily uh, manipulated brain than someone like me and you who are we're like, we're already adults, so we already pretty much have, you know, our senses like formulated and all that, whereas kids are just developing those things, so they may not, you know, they may mm-hmm. not know any better. So, interesting oh, stuff. I have a story oh. based on that. Okay. My sister yeah. uh, actually used my credit card to buy... Uh, uh, battle pass oh. once, and it was just like she knew better. Also, this is not just like she was young, too young, and she's just like, Oh, I'm gonna buy that. She knew, so she like, I, I do get this. Like, she just wanted that battle pass so bad that she couldn't wait for her birthday or anything. She literally went out and, and used my linked credit card, which I have definitely removed since <laughs> because I don't trust her anymore. But, uh, yeah, she bought she bought the battle pass. So I, I do I do get this. Like, there's just, especially in kids, where they, they just want the new thing. They don't know how it's affecting everybody else. So in her defense, I, I understand that she didn't realize that she may have been hurting my bank account. She didn't know what, what the statements was were. But, um, yeah, some sometimes they just they don't know, right? So it's good to just have it removed or have that warning. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. That's a very cool story that links in perfectly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Children, don't do Children. it. Children. <laughs> uh, Apex Legends season nine is set to feature a ton of Titanfall content, and fans should expect some really cool stuff there. Apparently, is what they're saying. Uh, and <clears throat> I kind of wanted to ask you what your thoughts on this was because I know. The year that Apex came out, there was a lot of talk that that fall they were supposed to have a new Titanfall game or expansion or something that was supposed to come, and it never came out. And we really haven't heard anything from Titanfall since Titanfall 2 came out. So my question is, is do we think that this is a product of Titanfall 3 being canceled or whatever that uh, other Titanfall Titanfall project was? Um, do we think that it's maybe a product of that being canceled and then bringing like those assets that they created for that into Apex? Is are you kind of thinking the same thing or are you thinking something else? Um 
I I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that it's like the complete opposite. That like maybe they're hyping us up for Titanfall three. That, <laughs> that would be. be great. But I think I think uh, we would sooner see Titanfall three be canceled rather than a new one come out. Unfortunately, I've only played I've only played the first one. I've started the second one. I I know how amazing that campaign is for a lot of people. So I do want to get back to it. Um, but I know that. Critically, it did well, but sales-wise, I know it, it hasn't always been the greatest for that for Respawn. Yeah. And they obviously have a hit with Res- with uh, Apex, so I understand them bringing that critically acclaimed franchise to their newest one. So I think that's awesome, and I'm excited to see what they could bring into it. I really have no idea what they could do besides, like, obviously cosmetic stuff and maybe some cool stuff to the map. But um, I'm excited to see what this could be. But, yeah, wh- where do you fall down on it? So... <clears throat> that that was what i was thinking originally was that they were like bringing in this cut content from whatever they canceled the titanfall project but now like after you saying that that makes a lot of sense as well like they could just be hyping up titanfall again to get ready to announce a new titanfall because we know respawn has three teams now and mm-hmm. one is the star wars jedi fallen order team one's the apex team and the other team we don't know what they're doing so maybe that third team is working on a new Titanfall, and this will lead us to an announcement of a new Titanfall. Maybe that I hope so. yeah. that would be very cool. Um, and as far as the content that we may see in Apex, I think it's possible we could see some kind of some kind of hero, and maybe this is a little OP. But maybe some one a, a new hero that can call in a Titan. Because they did talk about how originally with Apex's pitch, they had Titans in Apex and they they axed them because they were kind of too crazy, I guess. They, they said something else, but something to that effect that it was kind of too crazy for the, the map. Um, but I'm kind of wondering if they just do one hero, a new hero that can have like their super call in a Titan and maybe just like, you know, not make them so crazy powerful, just like, you know, tune them down a little bit so that they don't just wipe everyone out. Maybe something like that would work. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I hope so. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a, an article that I was reading that came out in February um, with one of the chief officers, Laura. I don't remember her last name. I guess I closed it here, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, they they that respawn does have that freedom though. So if they do want to make a Titanfall, they can. Like EA isn't breathing down their back as much as they were before. So I I hope that this is a hype up thing rather than a, we cancel it. So here's the the content yeah. because like you said, there's there's more teams. Uh, and what I just read there, it seems like they have more freedom to de- develop what they like. So hopefully Titanfall three is in the future. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Agreed. Agreed. Titanfall 2 campaign is so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, moving on, Roro, Nintendo has announced Pac-Man 99, which is a 99-player online Pac-Man Battle Royale game exclusive to Switch Online, and it is available now, which is all right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I do have one question. Did they did they eliminate Mario Thirty Five, or did they just yeah. make it so you can't download it? Um, I think it's just like the servers are offline. Okay. Now, okay. I think I haven't booted it up since 
um, well, for a long time, honestly. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't think you can find a game anymore. That's unfortunately. Yeah. But um, that's yeah. But it's, it seems like they're just replacing that with this, yeah, essentially. Pretty much. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it got replaced with Pac-Man 99, like you're saying. Um, and it's it's so weird. Like, Tetris 99 is still a thing, I'm pretty sure, that didn't go away. And you would think, comparing, like, Mario 35, and I love Tetris 99, but when you have the two side by side, you would think Nintendo would want to hold on to Mario 35 out of, any, out of everything. But they insist that it's a limited time thing for the 35th anniversary of mario so now that's that's over that's over too but i'm totally down for this pac-man 99 stuff though <laughs> honestly i'm very excited yeah. to pick this up later uh, it's free for online uh users so i'm definitely excited to, to check it out uh later i i love this little trend that they're doing too i hope we get more in the future i saw some people saying i would love a, a zelda 99 or zelda something or a sonic something i saw i think sonic would work really well pretty much just like mario 35 probably just like a platformer and we eliminate an enemy, it goes to the other players as well. And they're celebrating an anniversary too, so who knows? That could happen. But I'm, I'm sad that Mario 35 is gone, but I'm excited that something new is here as well. You know what, Roro? How about Star Fox 6499? Yes. I'm kidding. Just to make, make it super confusing. Star Fox 6499. 6499. Like, what? What is that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, moving on, Roro E3 is a uh, full digital event this year. They have announced, uh, and it is going to take place June 12th through the 15th. And the interesting part here is uh, they are getting some support from some of the big players, including one that hadn't supported them for a while, Nintendo, which is very interesting. Obviously, Nintendo has done their directs every year for uh, E3, but they haven't, you know, had a presence at E3 in a very long time. Um, they were the first ones to pull out. So it's interesting that they're giving support. Xbox is also giving support, which we can talk about that in a little bit, what I think uh, they're going to show. Uh, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two, Warner Brothers, and Cook Media. So with all of those, that's actually a decent lineup, um, and it's it's not too far off what we typically see from E3. There are obviously the notable absences, which are Sony, uh, which they haven't the the year before COVID they stopped anyways. Uh, EA, which they had already pulled back quite a bit before COVID as well, uh, and did their own event, even though they kind of timed it with E3 week. Um, and then Activision, which has always never been at E3. So that's kind of the big notable ones. But really, it seems like they have a lot of support from many of the people that traditionally are there and Nintendo coming in as well, which surprised me. Um, and as far as Xbox, I think Xbox will have a couple of announcements, but I don't think this is going to be their big showcase at least that's what I'm thinking right now. Maybe maybe Phil Spencer decides that that's the best place to show their big showcase. But I kind of feel like after last year, they had a really good July showcase event. So I feel like they may do that again, either late June or, or, or July again um, for their showcase event. Uh, and then they'll just have a couple things for E3. But what are, what are your thoughts on what we will see from, from this digital event? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I assume it's going to be pretty similar to what we got last year, but just, you know, more condensed, I guess. Um, for me, this is awesome. I love E3. I love having all these announcements jammed into one week. I, I, I personally like that more than having it spread out. That's just me. I've I just, I just grown accustomed to that E3 week and that hype of it. So I'm glad that it's back. Um, obviously, all digital is going to kind of uh, change the hype uh, factor. It's not going to be as engaging, I assume, as in-person was. Even though I was watching it on the screen, there's just a certain level of intimacy isn't the right word, but I'm, I'm blanking on another one. But there's just a, a different feel when you can see them on stage rather than uh, a digital green screen or something like that. Um, but I'm excited to see Nintendo's Direct for E3. Um, always been a fan of those, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping Breath of the Wild 2 will be there. They did say later this year they'll be talking about that. Um, so I'm hoping it'll be uh, talked about there and maybe an announcement for later this year. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy that Ubisoft is going to be there, Capcom, Xbox, of course. Um, obviously, Sony is not surprising that they're not returning, but it's just interesting that that they are doing this, like Nintendo, Xbox, and, and them. Like, I say that I'm happy about this, but I can't imagine why they would do this, you yeah. know? Like, they, they had a fantastic showing last year, all of them, and they're all able to own their own time. And having it all in a week, it's there's going to be Xbox and Nintendo, and maybe everybody else may be like in the shadows. So it's uh, E3 has always been like that, but yeah, I, I, it's weird. It's, I'm happy, but at the same time, what did E3 do to make these guys join? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that is a good point. It's just uh, like you said, everyone had a really good event last year, and they had their own spotlight because they were on different days. Um, it's all spread out. Yeah, and like. Obviously, as gamers, like we love when all everything is all at one time in a certain small span of time because it's like we get so many announcements and it's so <laughs> exciting. Like we look forward to this time every year and uh, it's awesome for us. But like for like you said, for the companies, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because you're just you're basically um, burying the people that don't have as good of marketing or, or they don't get as much attention or whatever, what have you. There's so many games that you're going to inevitably lose some that get buried underneath all the goodness. And we, uh, and because of that, now we do have a lot of smaller events too, like the, the, oh, I'm blanking on the name, but the kind of funny one they did. Uh, yes. It was called the kind of funny uh, showcase, but they recently changed Girl Interactive. I think is what they changed it to. Yes. Um, and Wholesome Games is another one that I really liked, where they have like those smaller showcases thanks to the digital craze that's happened over the past year and a half. Um, so we have those uh, uh, avenues now to kind of uh, spotlight those smaller titles, but E3 just has never been a place for for those indies or smaller smaller games to really shine so i guess it's more of the same which is good technically yeah 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 for sure um so maybe maybe we'll get some uh e3 predictions again this year we can jump back on that train uh <laughs> 
But uh, our final news story, Roro, Marvel's Avengers Borderlands 3 and The Long Dark just released to PlayStation now. Um, So I put in here, this kind of leads us into our topic of the show uh, in a little bit. And I I, kind of asked the question, does is this enough to compete with Game Pass um, with Sony making moves like this? Uh, obviously Borderlands three, that that's like what, two years old now, maybe a little older. Um, Marvel's Avengers obviously came out in the fall. However, there is a caveat that this is the PS four version only of Marvel's Avengers. It's not the PS. It does not include the PS five version, which I thought was kind of odd in my opinion, because if you have people playing on PlayStation five, you want them to have the best experience. So I don't know. Uh, and then The Long Dark, which is, uh, I believe that was an indie uh, d- title. I, I, don't... I think it's a survival game, I think. Yes, I think you're right. Um, so do you think that this is enough to compete with Game Pass, like them making moves like this? Or do you want to see more uh, day one stuff like like what Xbox is doing with Outriders and uh, and others as well? Definitely. I, I, I don't think this is enough just yet. I think it is a good uh, taking the right steps so far. I know I remember PS Now was uh, a reason that I didn't get into is because of the streaming aspect and there being latency and lag and all that stuff. But now I think you can download stuff so you don't have to stream it. So that was obviously a good step in the right direction too. Yeah. Uh, Marvel's Avengers being on there is great. Borderlands 3, all good. But I, I do agree with you where I, I think day one stuff needs to happen it doesn't have to be big ps exclusive although that would definitely help yeah but like like games like outriders being day one on the console or on ps now would definitely help them compete with game pass right <laughs> and the the play at home initiative that they're doing now is is great too is a great idea too but it's completely separate from playstation now obviously right. but um yeah i i think if you combine those two somehow that would be awesome the games that are being free there Obviously, yeah. I'd rather them be free, so maybe I shouldn't give them any ideas, including <laughs> in the subscription service. But yeah, yeah, definitely need um, some day one stuff for sure. And that's why that's why I'm still surprised that they don't do something with their first party um, for PlayStation now. Because, and I I know the quote from Jim Ryan a long time ago was that their games uh, are too expensive to do in a PS Now type setting or something to that effect. And I guess my question to him is is like. Microsoft is doing it with Xbox Game Pass. They are doing like those games are not any cheaper. Halo Infinite has been in development for yeah six years. That game's not any cheaper than you know Ghost of Tsushima or you know any choose any other uh, PlayStation exclusive. And I guess that's the question. Like, at what point does Sony look at it and say, "Hey, we have to do something here, or else we're going to fall behind because on the subscription front because Microsoft is just dominating the the headlines with all of the stuff coming to Game Pass." And I actually, I just forgot about this. Uh, I was going to include this in the show, and I forgot there was actually a rumor out there right now that Battlefield Six is going to come to Game Pass on day one as well. Mm-hmm. Which, if that happens, that's a huge that's a huge <laughs> first person shooter franchise to com- that's multi platform, but obviously, but to come day one to Game Pass would be a big get for them um, for sure uh, on day one, anyways. So 
Yeah, I I definitely I agree with you, and I think they definitely have a lot of room to grow PS Now, and they definitely have some work to do. I think to get them on par. Yeah, definitely. I I, I the Master Chief collection alone is like it blows my mind every time that I, I that you talk about it, yeah. but every time I see it there, like I could just play all the Halo games and and the Infinite Collection or game that's coming later this year. It's yeah, just the, that alone is like holy crap. That's a great deal right there. Plus everything else that's on there. So yeah, I think uh, PlayStation has a long way to go, and that's coming from someone who plays just on PlayStation. I'm not an Xbox fanboy. Yeah. If anybody's that's listening, I love PlayStation. Yeah. They but they it's it's and I'm sure everybody out there would agree that the Game Pass has a lot on PlayStation now. So. Yeah. Hopefully PlayStation now can catch up eventually because in the end that would be good for everybody. Absolutely. And I I love PlayStation as well. And like I feel like a better PlayStation Now service would make me subscribe to PlayStation Now because I don't play my PlayStation as much as I do my Xbox in general. And I feel like a subscription service would be better suited to me because then I can just, you know, boot up my console and be like, all right, I want to play this and then play this. And then you just have access to all of their first party lineup if they get to that point. But uh, yeah, as of right now, it can't do that. So that is kind of it is a little bit of a bummer. But um, yeah, I, th- I think eventually they will they will have to get there. Uh in order to continue to compete on the subscription front. Um, anyways, uh, and you were talking about the Master Chief Collection, Roro, so <laughs> let's just go ahead and dive into the games we are playing, and uh, I can talk about Halo, the Master Chief Collection, Season 6, Roro, Season 6, that launched today. Today, Roro. Uh, <laughs> so... I uh, I still think that this game does not get the credit it deserves with all of the stuff they have added, but this update in particular is a big update. Um, it's adding two new Halo 3 maps, uh, Waterfall, and uh, I can't remember the other one off the top of my head. I've just blanked on it. Uh, but there's two new Halo 3 maps that are coming from Halo Online that are releasing. There's a new game variant called Escalation Slayer, which this is a brand new game type that's never been in Halo before, and I am excited for it because what it is is, have you ever played gun game in Call of Duty before, Roro? Uh, no, it sounds very familiar though, so I think it has been explained to me, but I forget. <laughs> okay, so gun game in uh, COD is uh, essentially you start with a weapon. Everyone in the map starts with a weapon, and you have to progress through uh, different weapons. So, like, each time you get a kill, you change weapons to another mm-hmm. weapon, and it keeps going until you end the match or end the round. So Halo is doing that with Escalation Slayer. Mm-hmm. So you continuously keep getting kills with the weapons until you get to the final weapon, and then you get the kill and you win the round. Uh, I am very excited about that because I love, yes, I love gun game from COD and I don't play COD that much anymore. And getting this in Halo is just beautiful. I love that. Uh, and I'm excited to play that. Um, they're also getting mouse and keyboard support for Xbox, uh, field of view enhancements for, uh, when you play in 120 Hertz, which I've been playing in 120 Hertz with my TV, uh, I have the LG OLED, so it supports that. 
and I've wanted a wider field of view on Xbox, but you can only do it if you're not playing in 120 hertz, but now they're adding it so you can, so I'm excited about that. Uh, These are deep cuts, but (laughs) uh, you can now team change in custom games, which you may be seeming like, what's the big deal there? There's a big deal there because... (laughs) I played Halo 2 all the time back in the day, and there's this little game called Zombies in Halo 2. It was basically before Infection was a thing in Halo, and uh, people made this game type called Zombies, and you would have to manually switch teams to green team whenever you got killed by a zombie. So it was based on an honor system. So on Master Chief Collection, they never had the ability to change teams when you're in the match. So it was, you couldn't do stuff like that, like legacy stuff from Halo 2. You couldn't do stuff like that because you couldn't change teams. So now I'm excited that we can finally do that and get some nostalgia. Oh, I'm so excited uh, for custom games. That's very cool. Very, very cool. Um, and they're adding a, uh, a little platform called the Exchange, which essentially they're adding more more customization options that you can use points to purchase customization options with these points and this is all there's no real money involved this is all just you earn it with xp by playing the game you can't even buy it with real money even if you wanted to um so very excited for all of this stuff and i'm going to be playing for the master chief collection until they stop updating it i'll continue (laughs) to keep playing it after that even but yes they continue to do a really great job with that so Nice. Every time I hear you talk about it, I'm like, I gotta get back into it. I like it sounds awesome. And I remember when we were talking about the announcement for season six and all of the updates they were uh, implementing. Then I was like, this sounds pretty awesome for Halo fans. Like this sounds really cool. I remember the the armor that they were introducing as well. Yep. Like it was from like a, a game that never released here, but Halo fans knew about it. It's, it's so cool. That's Fire, awesome Fire Team Raven. It's from yes. Fire Team Team Raven, which is an arcade game at Dave and Buster's. Like yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's so. Yeah, I I love stuff like that. So I I do want to check it out very soon. I still have it downloaded on my PC. Gotta go back to the campaigns because I want to play Infinite when it comes out. So, yes. Yeah. Um, but the games that I have been playing, I have been playing um, a mobile game, actually, which is, Ooh. no, can you believe it? <laughs> and I've been playing uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, which came out a long time ago. I was obsessed with it when it came out. I fell off of it for about a year, and I don't know why I decided to re-download it, but I, I did. And it's I'm hooked again. There's so much there for me now because it's been a year. So there's a lot of uh, maps for me to do. It's basically a Fire Emblem, but with chibi characters instead. And you're collecting all these heroes. Uh, we talked about um, the gambling earlier, the robustly verified link between loot box and problematic gambling. <laughs> this game is all about, like, some, like most mobile games are, where it's like a gotcha game, where you hmm. try to get those uh, high-level characters so you can do better in, uh, on the maps. Um, I haven't paid real money yet because there's so much for me to do that I'm just getting the orbs for free. So that's been great. <laughs> um, so I've been enjoying that. I love Fire Emblem. It's a fantastic series. So I'm glad I have a little free version to play in the meantime while we wait for the hopefully the next announcement, hopefully very soon. And um, I haven't had a lot of time to play anything else, honestly. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember if I did play anything else this week besides that. But I 
I'm blanking, so I don't think I I got the chance to play anything else this week. Awesome. Literally just that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, we get a little bit of mobile expertise on the podcast now. <laughs> so we need to rename the podcast PXNM for mobile. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's like when, when we first started the podcast, Sean always yelled at me. He's like, we can't talk about PC on here. You only have PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo. I'm like, Sean, it's a game podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. But. I, I I do remember the other game that I played. Okay. I started playing Final Fantasy XIII, which is something that I've been wanting to play for a very long time because I love uh, the soundtrack for it. I love that trailer that came out such a long time ago. I honestly go back and watch that trailer because of how cool it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the and and because Lightning, her character design is so badass. I love her her design that I just want to see what her story is. And uh, I'm on chapter three right now. Um, I definitely understand everybody's critiques about it with it being a lot of people's not favorite Final Fantasy game. Um, but for the most part, I'm enjoying it. I like the story. It's very story heavy, very linear, which is why a lot of people don't like it. But I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. But I'll have more to say, hopefully, about it uh, next week. But so far, so good. So did they do, Did they have a uh, like sequel to Final Fantasy XIII? Yeah. I think they made two spinoffs uh, or sequels, like you're saying. Okay. After after the first one, which is like, how could it be everybody's like least favorite Final Fantasy game, and they made two more afterwards? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think they did make a, a sequel to it that called Final Fantasy Lightning Returns, and then I think there was another one after. Gotcha. Um, Roro, we're going into the topic of the show. Uh, I thought it would be interesting to talk about this because this is kind of unprecedented what has happened here so game pass uh, has officially gone mad roro microsoft has confirmed that sony san diego developed mlb the show 21 is arriving on xbox game pass on its launch day april 20th 2021 what so I don't know what in the world, what we live in right now, that a Sony-developed game is coming day one to Game Pass, but not coming, and this is part of the problem, not coming day one to PlayStation Now. Like, it's a (laughs) Sony-developed game. What is happening? Uh, What were your first impressions and thoughts on this, like, when you saw this? Were you like, holy crap, what the heck? Pretty much, I was yeah, I was pretty shocked when I when I saw it on on Twitter. I think is where I first heard about it. I was like, whoa, what is what is going on? This is how is this happening? Is this real? And I remember earlier on in the year where we we had the the Microsoft logo on the box art, I think, or the Xbox logo, one of the two, and we were shocked then. It's like, whoa, this is so weird to see. Like, this is kind of weird. This feels off. And now it's on. It's coming to Game Pass. It's 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 it's. I think it's cool, but it's also really surprising like i i wouldn't expect this but i i i hope this opens the door to to again playstation now upping their their uh their ante i guess making it a better service and who knows maybe in the future game pass games like there's it's the potential and possibilities with game pass are endless because there's so many video games but so many different companies too that could 
want to play nice with them. So I hope it opens up the doors to more, um, I guess, quote unquote, uh, exclusive or taboo games that you wouldn't expect on Xbox start to make their way over. Yeah. Um, or vice versa, having Xbox games make their way over to other consoles like Cuphead did with Nintendo Switch and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm excited to see what this could mean. Yeah. Uh, this, this, is, this is a very smart move by Microsoft because this is the first year that we are getting MLB The Show on Xbox. So you're obviously going to have a hard time convincing people to go from PlayStation to Xbox if they are a big MLB The Show fan. However, what I believe Microsoft is doing with Game Pass is not only catering to the hardcore that love Microsoft first-party games and other things as well, but they're also catering towards that casual audience And that casual audience loves sports games. There's a subset of casual audience that loves sports games. And with their partnership already with EA, uh, EA Play is included with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And you're already getting Madden 21 included in Game Pass Ultimate. You're getting uh, getting NHL 21 that just was added to Game Pass Ultimate. You're getting uh, the NBA game as well, even though that's not the better one. The 2K <laughs> one's better. but uh, And you're getting all these sports games around Game Pass, and that's what a, a big portion of the casual audience comes to play. They come to play sports games, and they come to play Call of Duty uh, oftentimes. And FIFA, FIFA as well, that's a huge one internationally. So... I feel like this is just another play at that casual audience and trying to get as many people on board with game pass as they possibly can. And it's very smart. Um, And I, I do think it's interesting, but uh, MLB is actually listed as the publisher for the Xbox version of the game, not Sony, which I I thought that Sony was going to publish it, but apparently it's major league baseball. That's actually publishing it. Um, and they were the ones who actually made this Game Pass deal. And their quote was, as part of the goal for this year's game, MLB decided to bring the franchise to more players and baseball fans. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if you're the MLB, this this deal makes sense because Microsoft's giving you a bunch of money up front and bringing people to a platform that this game didn't exist on before you're building that base that player base and you're just going to get word of mouth out there and and those people will get their friends to buy it and etc etc it just goes down the chain so very very smart i think on on their behalf to do this and uh yeah i I, this quote sums it up for me they just want to get it in the hands of more people yeah yeah, and I guess I could take back what I said with like opening the door for more Sony games, where I I thought this was more of a Sony decision, yeah. <laughs> but clearly it it was more on the MLB side, um, and I honestly I do now that I'm thinking about this, I do remember Sony coming out and saying it was it wasn't really their decision to to put uh, MLB the show on. There was more, like you said, MLB. So maybe we are a little bit further away from seeing <laughs> Sony play nice with, with Xbox, which isn't surprising, but I was kind of hopeful because of this. But um, yeah, I, I, I guess that makes makes more sense, honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, this and like you're saying with casual gamers, sometimes I just I just want to play a sports game. I, I don't play sports a lot. I don't watch sports very often, but sometimes I just want to dive into an NBA uh, story mode and just 
play out my character and just have fun like that. And, and MLB, I could totally see myself just downloading that one day and just getting hooked somehow. Um, and, and I wouldn't have done that on PlayStation because it's not available to me. So Xbox doing this is obviously a great move and it, and it could get me invested into the franchise and maybe I will pick it up on PlayStation, which would kind of be backwards. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that, that'd be, uh, I'm glad that it's it's happening. See, the crazy part too, Roro, is a couple of weeks ago, uh, so I had pre-ordered MLB The Show on Xbox when they first announced it because I was very excited and I hadn't played an MLB game in a long time and I wanted to check one out. So I pre-ordered it a long time ago uh, when they first announced it. Two weeks ago, I got a refund for that. And I was like, why are they refunding me MLB The Show? So I was very confused at that time. But I was just like, ah, whatever, I'll get it. I'll pick it up at a later time. Now it makes sense. They're (laughs) refunding people that probably had Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate because they knew that this decision was coming. Uh, So definitely (laughs) very interesting. That's Um, awesome. That's weird, though, because I remember when Outriders came out, you had to manually... Maybe it's just case by case situation where MLB was more fine with that, or Microsoft got on top of it or something. But that's interesting. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Very interesting. Um, Yeah. Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to talk about in in, in this regard or anything else otherwise? Um, No, nothing else. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Oh, there's a rumor here that I'm seeing. Oh, breaking news. (laughs) <laughs> is I don't have anything more than a headline, but it says is Xbox publishing Kojima's next game in in quotations rumors. So hopefully oh. that would be cool. Is huh. Xbox publishing Kojima's next game? They're going to be at, at E3 and uh, wait, are they? Yeah, Konami. No, Konami is never mind. Kojima might be that. Though that'd be cool. Like they might be on Xbox's stage this year. Hmm. Who knows? That's, Who knows? In- that's interesting. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know what that rumor is about, but that would be cool. I'll look into that for yeah. sure. People out there. Are we? Th- would that be Death Stranding ported, or would it be like something new? I don't. Hmm. I, I, I mean, Death Stranding. Death Stranding's on PC, and it's on PlayStation Four. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I would. I would assume Kojima would be happy with Death Stranding being in more places. Hmm. But. Uh, Very interesting. Very interesting. That's that's it. Yeah. I was going to say no, and then I saw that that headline, <laughs> that notification. I was like, oh, what's this? <laughs> Breaking news. Yeah, that that is fascinating. Uh, I just don't want Kojima to announce a new game and then show it for the next four years. Like, just don't show us it until it's like at least a year or so away. Like, ugh, I hate when he does that. It's like, oh, here's this game six months later. Oh, here it is again. Here it is again. Here it is. He you just keeps doing it. Yeah. No, we didn't. We're yeah. waiting. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. All right. Uh, I guess we can close out the show, Roro. Thank you again to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Roro. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. See you.